The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. A big old Monday in the books. Injuries abound. It must be the fantasy playoffs. As I continue to sob my way through my fantasy playoffs. I don't know how I survived last week, but this one... I don't think this one's going to go so great. We got injuries to the injured reserves. We got the backups that are going down these days. In any event, we'll pour our way through it, make sure we can do the best we can. All you can do is keep throwing punches. And if you guys are feeling the injury bug, then you just kind of hope that... The scales of justice even out. They might not. Your opponent might just go through the week feeling okay. Someone's probably going to get bit worse than the other. But all you can do is keep fighting. Make the right moves. Do the best you can. And maybe you get lucky. Or maybe you play Roto next time around. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. I'm your host, Dan Vespers. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. You can and should, and I would ask that you do, follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. That's the easy way. Let's dive straight on in today. No messing around. You guys saw I posted it on Twitter. I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. I am without childcare this week, so we are going kind of lightning round mode pretty much every podcast, but I want to go through yesterday's box scores and talk about who makes sense from both a roto and a head-to-head standpoint. That's all we're doing during the fantasy playoffs, basically during the final month of the regular season. Atlanta, sandwich game. We won a bet on Detroit in this one. Tips his cap as he says it. Uh, This is in between Milwaukee. They had Miami-Milwaukee. Then they had this one with Detroit. Atlanta did. And then they got the Sixers coming up two times in a row. I mean, this game had the look pass written all over it. And to compound measures, not only did they lose, but Brandon Goodwin was taken out of the arena in a wheelchair, so he badly hurt his leg. Kevin Herter hurt his shoulder. So Atlanta's down two more guys. And you can bet that Trey Young is looking at all of this going, oh my goodness, I got to get back here soon, but he's not ready to go. And they're not going to play him until he's ready to go because the Hawks are actually in pretty good shape right now. Thanks to how well they've played under Nate McMillan, that coaching change has been a big deal. They're six games over 500. they They're in the five seed. And they're a clean two games up on the play-in tournament, which is by no means a guarantee because the Heat and the Celtics could get hot. But I don't see the Hawks rushing anyone back. What does this mean going forward? I honestly couldn't tell you because uh, Brandon Goodwin is the backup point guard. He's down. It's going to be a whole lot of Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, and Clint Capella going forward. Lou Williams missed this one as well. So they were really down all of their options. Just no creators left on the floor outside of Bogdan. So if he's not on, and he wasn't, shot 37% on 19 shots at five turnovers, just wasn't good. If he's not on, they're cooked. I don't think that I'm venturing beyond the core guys. I think you can probably lob an idea that Gallo is going to see a little bit more time because they're going to need his scoring on the floor, but even that's a bit questionable. So from a head-to-head standpoint, you look at the Atlanta Hawks and you're thinking, okay, well, guys could come back, and that kind of blows up any scheduling streaming I might be thinking about doing. you got to get out from under the injured guy. So Herter, 
Probably got to drop him in head-to-head. Goodwin, obviously, you're dropping him if you had picked him up to stream, which I did. Ugh. It's killing me, man. He's the second one. I had Cork. I, I had Corkmaz as a stream last week, and he hurt his ankle. I mean, this is ridiculous. I had Bruce Brown, and he. we found out he only played 10 minutes in the last game because he had a leg issue. The backups, the pickups I've made as streamer replacements for the guys I already had are also hurt. What's become of us? We're zombies in the NBA right now. And I look over at my Roto League and think, well, okay. I look at my head-to-head league and I think, what's happening? I don't know. I know a lot of you guys really need that, the heart palpitations of a head-to-head weekly matchup. I don't. I have a bunch of money on these leagues. I want the team that had the best moves and the best draft to be the one that wins most of the time. Not the one that just happens to have a team that doesn't suffer six injuries in the same week during the fantasy playoffs. That's idiotic at this point. It's gotten worse. I don't care what anybody says. It's, oh, we complain every year. It's gotten worse. And in this condensed season, it's gotten even worse. So maybe it'll get a tiny bit better next year. I hope so. Because I have one head-to-head league that I don't think I'm ever leaving. But I think that's going to be the only one next season. I, I just can't, I can't do this every year. It's so stupid. I have most head-to-head leagues with four moves. A lot of them, that's the Yahoo default, is four moves. I had to use three on guys injured by Monday. I talked in this podcast for 10 minutes last week about how you want to save a couple moves towards the end of the week. Well, that's great and all, but what if three of your guys are hurt on Monday morning or Monday afternoon? It's stupid. In any event, we'll, uh, again, we'll just keep throwing punches here and see how it goes. Over on the Detroit side, that is the land of the Roto-friendly team, but not head-to-head friendly. And this game was a prime example of why you just, you almost can't use them in any format. Jeremy Grant is still a go in Roto. He got off to a quick start and then cooled off in this game. That's kind of been what's happened to him lately. Uh, Isaiah Stewart was the backup, but Detroit was running away with the game, so the reserves got to play the whole fourth quarter. Uh, he's a relatively safe head-to-head stream, although Detroit only has three games this week, so to that. Uh, Sadiq Bay, he's good enough to use in both Roto or head-to-head. I think Corey Joseph, you can use him when he plays in Roto. Mason Plumley, you can use him when he plays in Roto. No valuation changes really for Detroit off of yesterday's game. San Antonio beat Washington in overtime, 146-143. is a hell of a ball game. DeJounte Murray had 25-17. and 17. Huge one. DeMar DeRozan, 37-10. and 10. Even Keldon Johnson had a decent ballgame. Derek White hurt his ankle and was helped to the locker room. We assume he'll be out for a little bit. Not entirely clear how long. Uh, but he's probably going to end up being a drop this week, if I had to guess. So that's unfortunate. I don't know that there's a very a super obvious pickup on San Antonio. I guess you could go Patty Mills if you just wanted to go straight back up, but I think you're probably looking more on a head-to-head side with a team that still has four games left this week. And Spurs are not one of those teams. I think we talked before about Portland being kind of an interesting one. They go five and seven nights starting tonight, and they are the only team in the NBA. Talked about that yesterday. Remember, they're the only team that has four games the rest of this week and also plays on Monday of next week. So they set you up for 
a decent one, but Mello is really kind of the only streamer on that team at this point. I'm off topic. On the Wizards' side, Bradley Beal was questionable coming into this ballgame. He played, and boy, did he. 45 points on 37 shots in a loss. Rui Hachimura made his return, and that was the fear with a potential Aul Neto stream, is that Hachimura would come back, Neto wouldn't have to take any shots, even though he's starting, and that's exactly what played out. Davis Bertans is still a go. Daniel Gafford only got 15 minutes because Alex Len came out of nowhere for a big old 17 and 10, but Gafford's still the guy you're using on a uh, both Roto and head-to-head format. Uh, if Rui Hachimura got dropped, he's someone you could kind of eyeball. Washington has games, uh, if you pick him up on a Wednesday, it's not a terrible schedule the rest of the week from that point on. It's somebody to keep an eye on if he got dropped. Lakers beat the Magic by 11. That was pretty much the line in this ballgame. Montrez Harrell had a nice one. Anthony Davis finally beginning to look a little bit more like himself, 18-8 and with two blocks. Uh, did have five turnovers to drive his overall game down, but this was easily as good as he's looked since coming back. KCP played. He looked pretty good again. He's been a nice streamer. The, the breakdown in the Lakers right now is as follows. Uh, Alex Caruso, by the way, had back spasms, had to lead this ballgame early. Montrez Harrell, not really a guy you can trust most nights. He kind of got it going in this one, and that's why he got a little extra playing time. It's Drummond, A.D., Schroeder, and I think right now KCP is good in Roto because the Lakers' head-to-head schedule is every other day, and then maybe that's good enough for a full week. I guess that, crap, if we'd have known he was playing and all these other guys that got hurt mid-ball game, that would have been the guy to go to, I guess. But now in head-to-head, it's probably a little bit too late. Roto, I still like it. I've been preaching the accolades of Chuma Okiki for a while while he's been going through this shooting slump, and he, I don't want to say he busted out of it, but he had a much better ball game here. 18-5, three threes, two steals. I really like him the rest of this year and going into next year. He's kind of their prized rookie. Cole Anthony, he'll be good this year, but remember, they're expecting Markel Fultz back in the future. Wendell Carter Jr., he, they said he's on a minutes limit, but he played 29 minutes in this one. Wasn't particularly effective. Mo Bamba, as the backup is the better fantasy play between those two guys, but I think they're both good to go in both formats. Uh, Those two guys, Okiki and Anthony, are the guys you're using in both formats, and I wouldn't go anywhere else on this team. Even with them starting a 5-7 and yesterday, I think you want to probably try to move on as fast as you can from the rest of the Magic. Thunder got blown out by the 76ers, who were about as close to healthy as they've been in a long while. Simmons and Tobias Harris both back for this ballgame. Danny Green was out, but they were able to weather that storm thanks to Furkan Korkmaz being back. But again, that's a little six of one, half dozen of the other kind of thing. You lose a little bit of defense there, but you don't really need it against this Thunder team. So you can go back to starting the usual guys. Uh, Simmons, Harris, Embiid, and uh, maybe Seth Curry. He's a little bit more kind of on that stream bubble. And then Philly goes every other day this week. They actually start a 5-7 and seven on Sunday, if you want to look that far ahead. Some of these guys, like a Thibel or a... Yeah, I guess that's the one. And then Curry if he got dropped. Meanwhile, on the Thunder side, this is a tough night for most of them. Basically all of them. Ty Jerome came off the bench, played 31 minutes. Of all the guys, I, I did mention him as a possible 5-7 and seven dude this week. Uh, Maladone was not very good. Darius Baisley was okay. 
Pokashevsky was not good. Kenrich Williams was not good. Moses Brown is actually all right. Isaiah Roby, probably the best of the non-Ty Jeromeses in this one, but they got five games this week, so you can kind of forgive them this sort of mess. It might not be the only one, but again, you get five, and you really only need three of them to be decent, and then the other two can be, you know, whatever, and it'll add up to an okay week. As I've said before, I don't think I trust any of those guys in Roto, except maybe Dort, if he plays, what do we think, tomorrow, tonight? Sorry, not tomorrow, tonight, and then maybe two more times this week. Cleveland was hanging in there with Toronto for a while, and then they fell off the deep end. Raptors, there's an expectation that the Raptors are going to rest a bunch of guys against the Nets tonight, and that's probably true because they got the win over Cleveland. That's the win they needed. They could bank this one going into the really tough stretch, and then you can kind of get your guys a little bit of a rest against a team that was probably going to beat you anyway. So the Raptors become a really weird team this week now. Uh, Let's talk Cavs first. Larry Nance Jr. broke his hand again, second broken something in his hand this season for Nance and this one coming off of his two-week battle with inflammatory bowel disease you know he is a Crohn's guy uh rough year for our guy Larry he 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 struggles to stay healthy generally but this was particularly rough I, I don't think that the condensed schedule was kind to him Isaac Okoro had a really nice ball game 20 points six boards this is a team to kind of keep watch on Chetty Osman Plus played now 38 minutes in this ballgame. A lot of that's the Colin Sexton thing. He comes back, and, and Sexton then moves back into that primary ball handler role. Darius Garland's the other one, and then Osman. A lot of his value right now is tied up in the fact that he's, he, is, he is kind of orchestrating for this team. I, I am genuinely concerned that when Sexton comes back, Osman just turns into a pumpkin. Dean Wade played 32 minutes. He might actually be the bigger beneficiary of the Larry Nance injury than Osman because Wade can play power forward and center. And I don't think they want Kevin Love playing more than about 24 to 26 minutes of ballgame. He'll probably sit out the back-to-back they've got later this week, too. We had some injuries that happened that weren't even related to the games that occurred. We'll talk about John Wall a little bit later on in this broadcast when we talk about Houston's next ballgame. So on the Raptors' side, Malachi Flint, because Gary Trent got the front end of this back-to-back off. They called it a thigh or a calf contusion, but by all accounts, this is a rest game for him. So Malachi Flynn slid into that primary backup guard spot and had a really nice ball game. And then tomorrow, I mean, Flynn is looking like he might have been the guy for this five-game week, kind of coming out of nowhere here. And if indeed, as we all expect, shouldn't say tomorrow, tonight, uh, looking at yesterday's box scores, then in my mind, it... Anyway, you get it. So uh, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, Freddie Van Fleet, a bunch of these guys are considered doubtful for rest, which would mean presumably Gary Trent's back in there and taking 500 shots. Kem Birch probably plays again. He looks like a really nice stream in both formats. Malachi Flynn looks like a really nice stream, particularly in head-to-head because his uh, his percentages are not that great. There are some pretty good holes in his fantasy game. But then guys like Ananobi, Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet that are kind of that are most likely cut down to a three-game week, I think they're probably still good enough to roll with in head-to-head because they're all quite good at basketball. Uh, Roto, you definitely stick with them. Basically, what the Raptors have done with all these rest days is they've opened up more guys to value on both Roto and the head-to-head side, depending on what you're hunting for. 
With Roto, you just have to make sure you plop them in there on the right night. Phoenix fell way behind to New York, came roaring back thanks to uh, Devin Booker's 33. Chris Paul woke up late. He had 25 and 6 with a couple of blocks. Weird twist in this one. Uh, Torrey Craig got the start at power forward, but Cam Johnson came off the bench and played the majority of those minutes. Neither one of those guys did much with their time on the floor. Mikel Bridges was excellent. DeAndre Ayton. Uh, quieter. He was another guy who got off to a slow start. I don't honestly. I don't really know how the how the Suns came back and won this ball game, but that was good for them. Reggie Bullock looked great again for New York. Derek Rose has been humming. New York is is exclusively. We've talked about this before. They're they're exclusively a roto team right now because their schedule is is abysmal. Last week and this week, it gets decent again starting on Sunday, and maybe you can hope some of these guys get dropped in your head to head league, and you can scoop them up at the end of the week. I don't know. I doubt it. Nerland's cooled off. Julius Randle cooled off. Uh, that's your Knicks tail. Chicago beat Miami 110-102. They kind of got it going late in this one. Duncan Robinson left this ballgame partway through, felt ill. Non-COVID illness, so he didn't make it through the whole ball. He just he wasn't himself even when he was out there. Jimmy Butler was very good. Trevor Ariza was excellent in this one. Adebayo was solid, and they just didn't get much from anybody else. Heat needed some other contributions. Meanwhile, this was the Daniel Tice game of all days. 23-12-5 and a couple of blocks. I do not trust that going forward. What I do like is seeing Thad Young play 26 minutes. That's a really nice thing. 10-9-8. That puts him right back in my good graces. If you happen to hang on to him, which I did in, in one or two spots, great. If you drop him, which I also did in a couple of spots, that was this game I think was the sign to get him back on your roster. Loving me some Thad Young as per usual, but you don't need to hear me talk about him anymore. Kobe White, just keep trotting him out there. Uh, Vooch, keep trotting him out there. Young, but uh, again, this is really more Roto again because Chicago, well, they're okay, I guess. They go four times the first six days this week. At this point, with the amount of injuries going on, if you have a bull, just go with it. Everybody's dropping like flies at this point. No real changes on the Heat side. No Tyler Hero. Apparently, he's dealing with an elbow thing. No Goran Dragic. Or, excuse me, yes, Goran Dragic. No Kendrick Nunn is what I meant to say. So, more streaming options down the toilet they go. Minnesota beat Utah again. I can't... They swept them. The Wolves... (laughs) This is the craziest thing of all. The Wolves have 18 wins this year, and three have come against... The team with the best record in the NBA. That's the darndest damn thing. And I said on yesterday's pod, I would bet my life savings that the Wolves or that the Jazz would win this ball game. I didn't think they would cover, but I thought the Jazz would win. I can't believe it. That's remarkable, man. D'Angelo Russell was great, 27-12. and 12. He really looks healthy, finally. Cat was good. Ricky Rubio, not great, but he did his role. Three steals, four assists. That's kind of what they ask of him now. Anthony Edwards was terrible, and they still won. She couldn't throw a stone in the ocean. Wolves are a pretty easy fantasy team to predict these days, though, so that's, I, I guess, at least an easy part. Over on that Utah side, Gobert, Conley, O'Neal, Clarkson, generally Boyan, uh, I, I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich has been kind of on the outside looking in. He had some better scoring games recently with no Donovan Mitchell. This one was a rough one, just one for 11 shooting. Youch. Joe Ingles usually better than that as well. George Niang had a nice game. No, thank you. No, thank you. I will pass. 
Clippers, this was weird, man. And I talked about it. I did a I, I guest hosted yesterday's today in sports betting. So I did the betting show yesterday and I was going through the lines and I was like, Clippers are a one and a half point favorite. Nothing about this makes sense. And I said, unless like Paul George had a bad beignet. That's the what I said verbatim on that podcast. Unless Paul George had a bad beignet and somebody knows something that we don't, that line doesn't make any sense. Well, Paul George, nine points on eleven shots. Worst game he's had in two months. They got Nolens right out of this one. I can't, I can't explain it, but the line knew. Vegas knew someone putting money on it. I should say Vegas because the line opened at like Clippers by four and just dropped like a rock. And they were terrible. The whole damn team was terrible. Except maybe Marcus Morris. He was okay. <laughs> he was okay. Clippers have a back-to-back here to... Uh, no, excuse me, they don't. They go on Wednesday... And Paul George and Nick Batum apparently got dinged up. So if those guys have to miss any time, well, I think you could expect Reggie Jackson to probably take about 18 shots. Marcus Morris would probably take 20. Boogie took 14. He got signed for the rest of the year, wanted to celebrate by chucking a few up at the rim. Meantime, on the New Orleans side, the guy we've been keeping one eye on is Najee Marshall. He played 28 minutes and was okay. And that's not going to get it. That's not enough for me. Okay is not good enough. Steven Adams sat this one out. Willie Hernan Gomez double-doubled, but the, this happens often where we think Adams is going to miss two or three games, and he misses one, so I'm not diving in on that. Memphis running out of gas at the end of a road trip. We had a bet on Denver here that we won. Lost a total bet earlier on the night, but went 2-1, and one, so we'll take it. And uh, this one was, was telegraphed pretty good. Memphis, they came so close. They blew a big lead against Denver here in Denver exactly one week before this ball game, and then they promptly rolled through Portland and won a couple. Seventh game of a seven-game road trip where they were 4-2 and two coming in. This one had all the makings of a we've done enough on this road trip, flying into altitude on a back-to-back. We got nothing in the tank, and that was it. Not a single Grizzly player had anything in the tank except for John Morant. The rest of the team was terrible. No valuation changes. That's fun. I'd like to make that. That's an easy one. Over on the Denver side, Facundo Campazzo continues to show himself as a decent assists steals specialist. Really more so on the uh, head-to-head streaming side. P.J. Dozier, 9-3-3 with a block. Probably were hoping for a little bit more than that. But they spread it around a little bit. This is a blowout, so he didn't have to come in late either. I think I'd still roll with him. I think I'd still roll with Campazzo as well. Aaron Gordon, man, just not that good. I mean, he, okay, that's not fair. He's a very good basketball player, but fantasy-wise, not that good. Kings beat the Mavericks again. I also said on the betting show that if we found out that Luka was sitting it out, I think I would have liked the Mavericks. Porzingis ended up sitting it out, and the Kings won again. Harrison Barnes uh, hurt his side in this ball game, so yet another injury to worry about. Don't really know if he's going to be playing in their next one. Somehow, despite Barnes going down, DeLon Wright still only saw 22 minutes. I still like DeLon as a play with De'Aaron Fox out. He's just too good across the board. It was weird that he only had one assist in this ballgame. Buddy Heald had five. Just kind of a goofball game all around. And on the Mavericks side, five-game week. Who the hell thought Trey Burke was going to be the guy to get the week going? We had Dorian Finney-Smith as a stream. Josh Richardson was supposed to be a stream, but he didn't play. Jalen Brunson was just bad. So the Mavericks really mucked up game one of their five-game week. Even Luka wasn't that good. 24-7-8 and eight is fine and all, but 
you know, it's not Mega Luca. It was a weird night. I want to talk about John Wall a little bit, so we'll we'll flip on over to the Tuesday stuff. I'm foregoing promotions today because I want to get through this thing before, uh, well, you know, time constraints and all. Portland is at Indiana. Houston plays later, so we'll talk about them in a minute. Portland is at Indiana. Just mentioned a moment ago, the Blazers start a 5-7, and seven, so if you want to get any Blazers going, this would be a great time to do it. The Pacers have a three-game week, so uh, their schedule sucks. Nuts. If you have any Pacers, Demonis Sabonis sounds like he's still out. Goga Batadze sounds like he's still out. So from a Roto standpoint, you have plenty of options. TJ McConnell, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, uh, O'Shea Brissett, possibly Justin Holiday. Head-to-head, just the big names. Brogdon, LeVert, mm, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you had O'Shea Brissett, you can probably just... Roll through it. it. It sucks to have a guy with a three. Oh, McC- McConnell, too. It, it sucks to have a guy with a three-game week when everybody else is playing four or five. That's tough. You just have to sort of swallow that pill. Milwaukee at Charlotte. Sounds like LaMelo Ball is still out for this ball game. We got that news relatively early. Milwaukee, after losing to the shorthanded Hawks, I don't know if they're going to be pissed or if they're just going to be like, eh, whatever, we're closing in on it here. Uh, not a whole lot to pay attention to in this particular ballgame, so we'll skip along to the next one. Thunder on the back-to-back. Remember, they're in a five-game week. Let's see if some of those dudes can get it going here against Boston. Boston favored by 14 points. Celtics, we're waiting on some injury reports. Guys like uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, Kemba Walker, I believe he's out. Had that abdominal issue, or doubtful, I think might be where we're at right now. The Time Lord. It's another difficult team for me to tell you guys to do anything on the head-to-head side because guys could just pop up. Really not much for me to tell you on the Roto side either. Brooklyn, Toronto. Uh, The injury to Bruce Brown really harshing my mellow, man. I I thought that guy was going to be a great stream the entire time James Harden was out, but he's down now. So you're probably looking at guys like Landry Shamit. He moves into a little bit more of a valuation. We talked about Blake Griffin on yesterday's show. He's actually been decent lately. And I would make sure if you, as you look at your week, are there any overload days where perhaps there's a particular position you need to make sure fills on the roster? Now, Wednesday's a relatively busy day. I think Friday's a relatively busy day. And I'll look ahead. No, it's not Friday. It's Saturday. Saturday's a really busy day. So you might need a particular position. Plan ahead is all I'm saying. Look at your roster before you make any substitutions, but you do need to get rid of somebody who's not playing. And then the Toronto side. We already talked about that. They have half of their team play on either side of the back-to-back. Presumably Thursday will look a lot like Monday, and Saturday will probably look a lot like Monday, and then Tuesday and Sunday will probably look similar to one another. I don't know. Minnesota on the back-to-back in Houston. That's a pretty uh, tough travel day. They were home yesterday. Yeah, they were home. They were way up in Minneapolis. They got to go all the way down to Houston for the back-to-back against the shorthanded Rockets. John Wall out for the season, tweaked his hamstring, and that's another punch to the gut in head-to-head, so you got to move along from that. Kevin Porter Jr. expected back, so the timing works out nicely. If you have KPJ, fire him up. I'm 
pretty nervous about making a Houston streaming call. Largely because if Kevin Porter Jr. now slides in to play the point guard spot, like what we saw on Saturday, and Christian Wood is expected to play, we don't know what Jay Sean Tate's uh, situation is. Apparently he hurt his back. Sounds like he's probably going to try to give it a go. But if Wood is in, that pushes Olenek back down to power forward. That pushes, pushes DJ Wilson either out of the starting lineup or down to small forward. So who gets the minutes there? Is it Wilson? Is it KJ Martin? Is it Armani Brooks? I'm really not sure. And that, that makes me nervous. Because if you get that one wrong, you're probably stuck with it. And their schedule really isn't good until the weekend, so maybe you can sit on it just for a couple of days. Someone might grab the guy. If somebody explodes on Houston, you might see him get snapped up by someone else in your league. Uh, But in head-to-head, you have to be a bit more judicious with your moves. Roto, you can kind of pick up a few of these guys and see if any of them stick. That's an easier solution. If you have two or three spots, you're rotating through. Just grab K.J. Martin, grab Wilson, grab Brooks, whatever, and see if anybody holds the hell's we got going on here dallas uh i don't know man you think they play all their guys in golden state on the back-to-back if they got that win against sacramento i think they'd be more inclined to to rest guys on the back-to-back but this is difficult into a five-game week they gotta be they gotta be smart they saw the grizzlies lose so that's good for the mavericks Mavs are a game up on the Blazers. They've lost five games in a row. Dallas, I'm sure, would love to solidify the position in their sixth spot. But also, they have to be smart. They're in Detroit on Thursday. They host Washington and Sacramento over the weekend. I mean, those are pretty damn winnable ball games. Their schedule for the Mavs is actually not that rough the rest of the way. Next week, they've got the Heat. That'll be a decent ball game. Uh, Nets, that'll be a tough one. Cavs twice. Grizzlies, Pels, Raptors, Wolves. I don't know that. The, I mean, I think the Mavs are probably looking down the line and thinking we got a ton of ball games left. They still have. They still, after yesterday's game, have twelve games left the rest of the way, all jammed into what twenty days, thirteen games in twenty-one days for the Mavs. We spent so much time, and, and listen, I'm as guilty as the next guy on this one talking about getting all these five-game week guys into your lineup we don't know if any of these guys are actually going to play in all five. I feel like the Thunder weirdos are probably the ones you can count on the most. We'll see. We'll see. Folks, make sure to check out our buddies over at manscaped.com with coupon code HOOPBALL20. Did I call it a HOOPON code? Maybe I should. That would be sweet. They can give us a HOOPON code. HOOPBALL20. 20% off and free shipping. Get anything besides the lawnmower this week. I can't tell you why until next week. It's a secret. All right, wrap it up. Wrap it up, B. Play the wrap it up B box for me. Uh, I am Dan Baspers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Let's keep going. Let's see if we can not have more than four guys injured in a week where every single roster move gets spent on injured guys and you still have other ones you can't even drop. That's where we're at right now. Roto for life. I'm at Dan Bespris on Twitter. This is Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. So long.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.